This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. This week's guest is your new gay best friend, Matthew Anschel. Before you cancel me, this is how he introduces himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's here to help us tackle listener question. Well, I want to we're gonna tackle probably a listener question. We have room for that, uh, a closure letter to discuss. But before we do, let's welcome Matthew. Matthew, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, the gay best friend thing, it's so funny. I'm surprised that on TikTok, more people haven't been, I've gotten a few questions from people being like, well, isn't that offensive? And I'm like, it's not offensive if I'm doing it and saying it and like created part of created kind of as part of my persona on TikTok. Um, and, it, and my persona on TikTok is not so much persona. It's just like an aspect of myself, which is a supportive gay best friend. Like I try to be in my life too. So it's, it's totally okay for you to say that. <laughs> I feel like you speak to, I mean, gosh, you're, you're, we'll talk about your advice in a minute, but like Yes, I discovered you on TikTok and Instagram. You're constantly on my discovery page and for you page and all that stuff. But, you know, your affirmations are incredible. We'll talk about those momentarily. But I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if you ever looked at your insights, but I'm going to believe it's people who came of age or were in high school or in college when mean girls came out because you very much personify the gay best friend character in mean girls, but like for real, like you're not a character, you're like a real human being. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. Most of the people that follow me are sort of like, like mostly millennials and definitely women. I think at one point I was looking at my uh, gender percentages of people that follow me. It's like 94% women. Wow. Um, And, and being compared, so Damien, it's so funny that you say that because Damien in Mean Girls, like in high school, I would get so annoyed that people were like, oh my God, you're just like Damien. I'd be like, I'm not, I'm different, you know, but, but what's so cool about that character and what I really appreciate about him is that he is actually not like your typical gay guy. He is, first of all, he's not thin. Um, Second of all, he's like artsy and he sings and like, he's also not like, he's not like that fashionable and he's not like, I don't know, he's just like sort of his own thing. And I've always really appreciated Tina Fey for writing that kind of character because it's like, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I grew up with like something like that in a major way that I could do. And we don't, and and it's also never discussed. Like his gayness is never discussed. His body is never discussed. Like, it's like, you know, we're allowed to have people, you know, I felt like this. I don't know if you watched this movie. I just watched some superhero movie. Oh, Thunder Force. Thunder Force. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I I like Thunder Force. Yeah, me too. And and one of the things that I liked about, I remember turning to my husband, like 20 minutes in, I was like, oh, we're not going to address that these are middle-aged women who are very big uh you know I'm not I'm not please like I'm a big woman too but like I'm not 
Like no, that's just the reality not, that they are. The they look bigger than Scarlett Johansson. Exactly. They're not the bodies you normally see in superhero suits, but seeing those body in bodies in superhero suits was so inspiring to me. And we didn't even have to talk about it or address it or make it. And part yeah. Of and we body. didn't address it. It was not addressed. I just remember saying like, Oh, this is really cool. And then it was just like focused on like, you know, the plot yes. <laughs> and the superpowerness of it all, which I, you know, the, I could, I, I don't know. I feel like the getting ready to become a superhero, like now my, an honest movie review, um, I liked it. Um, I think it would have been better if less time was put on like building up, becoming a superhero. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, the thing is, it was definitely a flawed movie. Some of the comedy wasn't the best comedy I've ever seen right. Melissa McCarthy do, for example. But like, I, I said this to someone because I actually made a TikTok about this because I was so happy to watch it. And there right. isn't a lot of mindless entertainment where you see yourself, like if you're a fat person or a bigger person, however you want to call yourself. And it usually, if there is, they're talking about it. It's like, well, I'm here, I'm fat, that. and and this is fat my Amy. Life. Yeah, exactly. I hate that. I hate I that. And like, yeah. as, as, as like, look, I've recently, okay, I'm going to admit this publicly now, but I've recently lost 70 pounds. Oh, wow. And I've got a little bit more to, to that I'm on my goal, but I'm still very much voluptuous. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a big girl. I'm 5'11". I'm, I'm, I'm big boned, all that stuff. But I think one of the things that I've never appreciated in movies is that whenever there was someone who was my size or bigger felt like, I was like, why does it have to be self-deprecating? Totally. And like one of the biggest offenders now, I hate this movie with every fiber of my being. And maybe we'll talk, maybe we can do another episode in the winter to discuss it scene by scene. But, um, and, and, and I don't know, maybe you like this movie. I have no idea, but love actually when the movie tries to convince us that the prime minister's secretary is fat, like this is not a big woman, but they keep calling her fatty, 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 fat. And I'm like, she's not fat. Well, it's like Bridget Jones. She fat, like she looks like not really tiny, like Reese. I'm sorry, Renee Zellweger normally is, but like she's not. I she just looks normal to me. Like I don't know. It's it's. it's and have you ever been strange. to London? It's like when I go to London, I'm like, yeah. You, there's a variety of yeah body types there. It's not you know no one's what? a man. Like I don't see emancipated women. I see like healthy women. Totally, you know, totally. You and see I, diverse body types in England in general because I worked there two summers ago. Um, I, I noticed that there were actually so many confident plus size women walking around with their like hot boyfriends, hot boyfriends, and I say, not just like muscly guys, like all kinds of guys, but they were just like, here I am looking sexy with my hot boyfriend. And it was, I don't, it was just like, so cool. I saw it everywhere I went. I, I, that's one of the reasons I love going to London. I feel like, I feel anytime I go to London, I feel really confident. Whereas like in Greece, I feel I'm a, I'm a person with high self-esteem. And I think one of those reasons is because my husband, my husband, well, my husband too, he's body positive, but my parents never talked about other people's body types. Like they never addressed it. So I grew up in a household where it was just like, you know, Oh, look how much this person reads or look how much, what what a great cook they are. Like we weren't talking, you know, cause I've seen with other people, they talk immediately about other people's body types. And I'm like, and when I go to Greece, I have been, I have been called a cow recently. Like I was at the airport and this guy was yelling at the TSA. I was boarding an Emirates flight. Oh my God. I was boarding an Emirates flight. And this guy was just yelling at TSA. It's right when like Trump had changed it. So like everyone had to, if you were taking an Emirates flight, there's like an extra passport control to enter with the Muslim ban and all that stuff, you know? Right, right, right. 
And even though we were in Athens, it was like a flight that had come from Dubai. So it was like extra passport control, right? And this guy, he's just like screaming at this Greek TSA guy, just like screaming. And I don't know, I'm a nice person. I got involved and I was like, you know, can you just chill? Like, it's not going to go faster. We're all in this together. Like, I was just trying to like de-escalate the situation a little bit, you know? Because they're not going to do anything. The the airport there has told people, don't engage. I mean, anytime you yeah, see like yeah, a TikTok yeah. with airport employees, no one's engaging. They're just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, can you just calm down? And he's like, shut the fuck up, you cow. And I was just like, go fuck yourself. Oh, like, man. Oh, man. And then more things happen that I don't, um, don't want to like have a complete breakdown of like how I was treated. But even like when I was 18, where I was about the body type that I'm now, I remember like a guy you know, yelling outside the car, like, you know, go to the gym or something like that. And I'm just, and by the way, this has happened in America too. I'm not, I'm just some yeah, of my experiences happening in Greece. So I can say that, you know, that that's, that's really, I mean, cause I, I find that like, well, I guess I've mostly lived in Germany and uh, when I've been in Europe, cause that's where right. Germany is so body positive. Holy shit. Well, but what's so funny is that Germans, even no matter what they think about you, they're not going to say anything to you, but they are going to stare at you right. like crazy. Um, and so I, I guess I stand out, especially in some of the smaller German towns that I've been in and they just stare at you. So I've never been screamed at on the street. Like I've, I, I've actually never been screamed at on the street in New York city, but I have been, cause that's where I grew up. I have been uh-huh. screamed at on the street in like California and like when I was in Alaska and stuff, but never New York city, but in Germany, they always just stare at you. So I guess, but I'm surprised right. to hear about like someone screaming at you in another country because that's what I'm used to is just staring, which is, is better. Greece, guess, now it's staring. Right. <laughs> no one would ever yell now. Now it's a lot. I, I feel like maybe it's because I'm older and whatever, but like I've had kids. We were like, get out of here. But um, I feel like it's a lot better. I feel like it's a lot better in Greece now. How old do you have? I have two. Oh my gosh. How old are they? Oh, um, they're three and the other one's going to be one soon. Oh my gosh. So 11 they, months. So the one-year-old was, it's like a pandemic baby. Yeah. I mean, I didn't conceive her in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I didn't know we would be, that was fun. The last bit of the, uh, <laughs> Oh. pregnancy being in lockdown and you so know right? gave birth like like in a hospital during the pandemic well yeah how was that in the, like, height, in the may and what's, what's funny crazy? is um i had to get like one of you know remember the, do you remember the original covid tests yes we're like those long ass sticks remember yes. como put one up and they like you know like it hits your brain and you feel yeah. it for like 40 minutes so i had to get one of those this is in the month of may i had to get one of those in labor and they wouldn't admit me until that came out negative or i mean they would admit me if it was positive but they put me on a different hallway oh my gosh and then they said and i said what if i had tested positive and they're like well instead of saying two first of all c-sections are usually three nights it was two nights during covid and they said if you had covid one night and you're out of here <gasps> like they did not want you there oh and i was like well keep the kid if i have covid like don't yeah. make me keep it <laughs> home and like, yeah. like what are you doing <laughs> wow that's incredible no sorry i asked just because I, I know a few people who gave birth during covid and i just think it's like the added stress of that it's just i can't even you know imagine. what though can i say something the experience of having a kid during covid like the experience post-birth yeah so much better than pre-COVID. Let me tell you why. When I gave birth to my first kid, like everyone fucking visited. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even invite people, and they just did, they and some of them are listening. And I'm not talking about you, but like yeah. people visit, and of course they're going to visit, right? And so what was I doing? You know, your only responsibility upon birth as a woman is to basically teach your kid how to suck. Yeah. 
so they can feed themselves yeah. if they're going to suck on your breast or a bottle or whatever, but they have to learn that action with their, with their throat muscles. And that's your only responsibility. And, and so instead of me concentrating on my baby to like fucking latch, um, I, I was entertaining friends and family. I was entertaining people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. uh, and I was really tired and I was in a hospital. That's like, it's called baby first. I think this kind of philosophy mm-hmm. where it's like, they don't even take the kid for you to go to sleep. They leave it in there. Wow. And I remember really being really tired. I had a, I had an emergency C-section, had no idea I was going to get one of those. So it's like, you know, just a lot to kind of cope with. And you know, nobody tells you what's going to be like post C-section too. So it's, I just felt very blindsided by the whole experience. Look, to bring it back to relationships, this is how you know you pick someone good. Because when people say like, you know, oh, he can't be bald or, oh, he can't be like, you know, this height. It's like, well, none of that shit matters when you're about to give birth during a pandemic, you know? You need someone who's going to be there for you. (laughs) Yeah. And when I gave birth to my daughter, because no one was allowed in except my husband, um, guess what? We were there for essentially, you know, we got there early on a Wednesday and we were there until Friday and we were well rested we were talking, we hung out. I had, he got bonding time. I got bonding time. The hospital was at this time was like, we'll take the baby. You need to go to sleep, conserve your energy. <laughs> I was like, goodbye. You know, like uh, yeah. just a way better experience. Highly recommend even post COVID don't invite anyone to the hospital. They'll see you when they see you. It does not matter. No, I think that that's such a good point. Cause I, I remember when I had a really good friend of mine give birth, like her daughter's, you know, a year and a half. And I remember being like, I don't need to see you right away. Like I just, cause I remember mm-hmm. how hard it was for my mom when she gave birth to my brother and having to like get it, everything together. And he just gave birth and people are coming over and people are coming to the hospital. How and old she were was you like, when your brother was born that you remember? I was six. I was like pretty old, but I just oh remember the, the stress of that. And like my mom not wanting people to, to come, but being like, I have to let them come. And like, so I was just, I was like, I don't need to see you until you're ready to see me. And she was like, good. Right. I'll see you in like two months. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're going to come, like bring food. Like, yeah, exactly. Bring stuff to make it easier or make it easier while you're there. <laughs> so to talk, since we're talking about weight, then, you know, one of the things that I recently said on Ask a Matchmaker uh, stories on my IG was someone had asked, like, I think I need to lose. I've, I've gained 30 pounds during the pandemic and I don't feel comfortable dating. And like, who's going to want me like this sort of sentiment anyway. And I replied in video format. I said something like, I don't give a shit. And the ones that do, they, they would not have dated you 30 pounds ago. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that it's so funny. I've learned looking at straight guys, especially straight guys, just like bodies. They, and like a lot of like their preferences have to do more with like outside people think like caring about what other people think. Oh my but God, their yeah. preference is it has to do more with like, like they just like bodies and someone who doesn't like most bodies is someone who's probably really into going to the gym. And that's like a huge, 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 important thing to them. So if you're someone who's not like that, why do you want someone who is and who values those things? But I think that it's fine. Mostly finding a guy who doesn't like give a crap what people think about what he likes, you know? I will disagree with you. I've had clients who like as a matchmaker who do not go to the gym and they and still so, want, and they'll still say, "Oh no, Marie, she needs to be this specific body type." And I'm like, "Okay, that is." But are I mean, you, it's you the minority it's again. Exceptions are not the rules. Do you don't think they're saying that to you because they think that's what they should want? But like, they get attract, they get aroused by most people. Like, I that's I just find most straight guys um, like find most women hot. I think face matters to a lot more people than body, and I agree. think totally. Aura, agree. I think for most people, aura matters more. body so like think about the popular girl i want you to think about the popular girl in your middle school not your high school your middle school remember we all look 
freaking awkward then, right? Yeah. Okay. What was she like? Popular. What's her name? Her name. I can tell you mine. So there were a few popular girls. And what was interesting is that when I look back, it was actually a very diverse group of like Mm -hmm. very different looking people. But I would say that the, the, the most popular, like, like prettiest one was this girl named Kelsey. Okay. And what was Kelsey's body type? Kelsey was thin and sporty. And sporty. Yeah. And I feel like, and then in high school. When when I went to high school. Well, what do you think made her popular? Do you think her weight made her popular? I think it's because my my school also put a lot of place a lot of value on sports, so it was like the worst school for me ever. Uh, so because she was like sporty and athletic, and like and super pretty and cool, um, like I think that that's the combination of that in the context of my school was like very appealing to a lot of people. I I I feel like okay yeah I feel like we may have gone to like at the same high school. I think the the girls I say girls because they're all under eighteen um, that were popular were girls who were more athletic, but that was because they were, when you're athletic in an athletic high school. Oh, sorry. And I, you, you, I misspoke. My middle school was very athletic. My high school was an arts high school. So there were oh, all kinds of people. Get that now. And so often you the most popular girl was also really good at what she did. So right. like she, you're a singer you're or an actress. It's entertaining for people. It's you have the social circle. If you're involved in your school's extracurricular activities, be it, you know, being going to the fame school. Is that where you went? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that was a leap of assumption there that I totally (laughs) nailed the landing. Um, But if you, if you went to fame or if you went to, you know, where I went, Piscataway High, which is, you know, it's a, we have like, I think like the most football players out of my high school. Wow. So yeah. One of them is like captain of the Eagles. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I think, like Europe, I think he's like a year below me or something like that. Um, in my school, we're like, oh my gosh, my classmate was an American Idol, or they were in Orange no, is the New Black. Mine's like, oh, they went to the World Cup, yay! Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember Sports Illustrated uh, called us like the most athletic town in America, and I'm like, okay. Wow. Of course, like the most popular kids in our school were the ones who did multiple sports. Why? And it's because you are involved in more social settings, and I think that I know that has nothing to do with body. It just happens to be sports in my case. But it has to do with like that aura, that likability, that flexibility, that adaptability that you have with other people. And I think when I see people together, I don't like for some people, and this includes women, for some people, body types are really important. Mm -hmm. But if you're a bigger body type, that's not in the, I don't know, whatever the convention standards are right now, conventional standards are you're not going to date those guys who like the specific body type. Just like if you went to a wedding dress store, not every wedding dress is there for you to fit in. You're going to fit the one wedding dress. And, you know, to to really kill this analogy um, or metaphor, I don't know which one it is actually at this moment, but you know, you're only going to, just like you're only going to walk down with one guy down the aisle, you're only going to walk down the aisle with one wedding dress, the one that fits you. You know, we can look at Diane Sotero, wedding dresses all day, Vera Wang all day, but if none of them fit you, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly, exactly. And I mean, God, have you ever been on porn sites? I know it's like a really inappropriate question to ask. No, someone, no, but, but like... one thing that I always say is that like, and this goes for gay porn too, whenever I look at the most popular video of that BBW. day, it's- Is there exactly, a BBM? 
I know. For yeah. for, what's for, the what's for, the equivalent for gay? It's like gay bears, big gay bear gay guys. Bears. Yeah. Oh my God. So like, no, but seriously, it's like just as much on those pages as reg- like more normative body porn. Um, and I always talk about that with people. And I'm like, that shows you that people are actually more attracted to these things than they want to let on because there's shame and like people feel shame about it because oftentimes people who are not in normative bodies are not the cool kids at school and they want to be one of the cool kids. They want to have a cool kid partner, but it, it's actually has nothing to do with what they're, they're physically attracted to. I've noticed, I remember when I was like single I felt like I didn't want to, at some point, I didn't want to date any man below the age 27 because I felt like who they thought they wanted to date did not match up to who they were masturbating to. Totally. Totally. The fact that you're validating me like this right now just makes me feel so good. No, 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 but it's serious. I'm completely serious. And like, also because in in gay world, it's so much like this, it's the same thing, like, and and almost worse because like, think about how horrible men are. Like then like now imagine not, two of them dating. Exactly. It's like it's and double double physical. Everyone is is a man and there's and also because gay people there's no chivalry required in that. Like there's not this like history of that. So people can just be so nasty and just just like only go for sex stuff and not have to like sort of put on this like show first to show that they respect you so that you'll eventually mm-hmm. sleep with them. There's not even that like sort of fake thing that men can sometimes do to women. So you have, it's just like so vulgar and terrible. So you're having, you're dealing with these people who were bodies are so important. All this superficial shallow uh-huh. stuff is even more important because they're all men. And then a lot of them, and these are the type of guys that always want to meet me are actually attracted to big guys. And, and I've stopped doing this more as I get older. I used to be like, you know, I would meet up with these like super, like typically hot guys who would be secretly attracted to big guys and think, oh, well, you know, they don't want to be seen with me, but like, you know, at least like oh, I get yeah. sex with them. And that's like amazing for me. Right. No, like it's not, it, it doesn't make me feel good at the end of the day. So I haven't, I don't do that anymore. I only see people who I think would be comfortable being seen with me in public. And I think that that should be a bare minimum requirement. <laughs> I think. Yes, absolutely. And I think for any person who's listening to this, who's like, oh, is he attracted to me? Uh, men are pretty visual. And if your photos are accurate, including, you know, put that photo up of you with that COVID-30. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he's swiping, that means he's physically attracted to you. Yeah. No, I and, think, and yeah. something Go I ahead. recently did, um, which is so crazy, is that I was feeling a little insecure too, because like, not that I've never been thin in my entire life, but mm-hmm. in the past year, I was feeling like, oh, I've gained weight. Like, I don't know. And I was kind of po- found myself posting pictures of myself that were kind of hiding my body. And I, and I felt like it wasn't getting a good response. And people yeah. weren't interested in me because then eventually they'd see my body and they'd be confused. They'd be like, oh, right. wait, what? But then, like, I would say maybe two or three weeks ago, I posted I posted this picture on Instagram, and I got, like, all these likes. It's probably my most, like, Instagram picture ever, okay. and it's just me shirtless in this, like, pair of tights. And I made it my dating profile picture, and I got so many more responses, so many more people wanting to either meet me for a date, meet me for sex, whatever, because I was being so straightforward okay. and open about, like, what I actually look like. And because I was also projecting confidence in that, people were like, oh, wow, he's just, like, owning his body and, like, cool, I want to I talk to this guy. And then people thought that it was sexy. And I think that we all need to do stuff like it, it takes some bravery, it, it, you know, because there are also people who are like, oh, you look disgusting. It was, like, a minuscule amount in comparison to the positive feedback. But, like, we have to own our bodies and own what we really look like because then we're actually going to attract people that will want us at least – 
physically, you know, and that's the first step. Like, again, to go back, you know, if you are 30 pounds overweight right now, like you gained that, I don't want to say overweight, but you gained 30 pounds in COVID and you're nervous, you know, everything's opening up. I just heard from de Blasio, not personally, he just announced it. <laughs> I mean, you might as well do it personally. We've set up like 4,000 first dates in the island of Manhattan. Uh, you know, a copy match is like really supporting restaurants right now. Okay? <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, they just announced it's opening. I think people are getting nervous. And like I said, if he, he if the, the person that, cares about you gaining 30 pounds is not the same person who would have dated you 30 pounds ago. I totally agree. Right. So I think though, one of the main reasons why people might have a poor impression or might not want to go on a second date with you when it comes to physical looks is if they feel like the reality did not meet the expectation. So you could have a photo where, you know, you are a size 16 woman or man, whatever. And you know, you're, you're, you're voluptuous. You have a photo of this, but if you've gone up a size, like, even though they completely would date you, if they met you elsewhere, whatever, the fact that your photo, the expectation did not meet reality. It's that initial thought, like, Oh, do they not have any self-awareness? Oh, are they lying to me? It's like, there's this little dialogue that happens in the brain. The first three minutes of meeting someone. Yeah, totally. And I think it's the, did they trick me thing? Like, 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 did they sort of do this to get me here? thing that freaks people out, you know? And I think, and I just saw that photo that you talked about, um, the confidence is just, it's right there. And I feel like if someone is interested, are do you considered, do you identify as a bear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't realize that was like, I always thought that was like a lifestyle. I didn't realize that was like a body type. No. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's the bears are like big, hairy guys. And, and I think even guys who are not hairy will identify as bears. But what's so crazy is that like, so much of my life as a young gay guy, I like was afraid of that and thought it was a bad thing just because of how gay guys I knew talked about weight and everything. Yeah. And then when I realized, wait, that's what I am. And, and, you know, it doesn't define me and I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm a bear and that's my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like identifying as that on like my dating profiles, it makes people go, oh, he knows yes. he's a bear. I'm attracted to bears or I'm not. Right there. Exactly. exactly. Self-awareness. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think by... Yeah, I, I just feel like if your photo does not, if you are online dating right now and you're listening to this, send your default photo to a friend and, and also FaceTime them at the same time and say, do I look like this photo? Yeah. And if there is any hesitation, you need a new photo. Yeah. And I find that sometimes the Photoshopping or like the the oh, sort of illusion good. stuff that we do um, with, with our photos, it's actually... I find that it's more for me because people that know me know what I look like. <laughs> I'm not wish, so people anybody. don't know what you look like. So let me just describe you. Okay. So Matthew, mm-hmm. your new gay boy, best friend, you got to go follow him, Matthew and Shaul on Instagram, right? And TikTok. Yeah. And TikTok. So that's M-A-T-T-H-E-U-A-N-C-H-E-L. Oh, E-W. So M-A-T-T-H-E-W-A-N-C-H-E-L. Thank you. Um, so go, f- I'll have the links to his Instagram and TikTok in the episode notes. But um, so Matthew is, has no hair on his head, has the most beautiful eyebrows I have ever seen, full stop. And you don't, it's not that you have like winged eyeliner, but you have like a, is, no, it's not winged. It's like, I think we have the same eyeliner on actually. See, you know, um, I just, you did I, a better I, job than I did. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I don't even use eyeliner. I just use like a little eyeshadow on my, on my top line. Yeah. I love using eyeshadow. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's it's a good so one. Much easier. No, it looks really good. And then you have a little <laughs> bit of highlighter, right? 
Yes. Yeah. On the cheeks. So like, you look so good. Um, you look so you good. Look so good. what do you, what do you do here? Like this part where you're, Oh, he also has a beard and a mustache. So like, what do you do here? Do you also, do you put makeup as well? Yeah, no, I have. I'm um, so what I'm using right now is cause also I'm super into makeup. I'm using this Fenty blurring skin tint. It's really great. I put it yeah. off on my fingers and I kind of blend it a little with a makeup sponge, um, yeah. but it's very skin like and natural and this sort of like my right. everyday thing. And then I powder a little, and then uh -huh. I do a little bronzer and that's it for, for every day. If I'm doing for like every a day, thing, I'll, I'll wear more. <laughs> so first of all, I've adopted Korean skincare. Shout yeah. out to my friend, Mary, who like, I'll have to put a photo up of all the crap that I put on my face now. <laughs> and I'm right now not wearing any makeup here. I'm just wearing bronzer, like bronzer, like um, yeah. a little highlight here, a little blush here, contour and eyeshadow. But here I put, um, have you seen, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but Murad. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have, so they have this SPF. Like I put SPF yeah. on my face religiously, but one of them is blurring. Oh. Like pore blurring. Yeah. Oh my God. That thing. First of all, it smells like Europe. Have you ever noticed how makeup, European <laughs> makeup has a smell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It smells like less toxic shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it smells like European makeup, but, and it's, it's SPF, but it, it blurs all the pores. And no, I'm just dream. totally obsessed with it. Like, you know, check it out. You know, so many amazing, like, I feel like you everyone like is realizing that we don't all want to look like cakey Instagram models or yeah. so, so like they're coming out with more skin like finishes to their products, which I'm, which I'm super into because I think also people are realizing that for all these cakey products that we've been using over the years, they look great in like lighting with lots of powder on, but in person they look crazy. Awful. So Awful. yeah, so it's, I think using things that are more skin-like is just better. And it, and it just sort of gives us a little, a little zhuzh of yeah. coverage without being crazy. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I used to be very full coverage, especially with all the Zoom stuff. But even now with the Zoom stuff that I'm doing, I do something a little more natural, a little more glowy. If I use makeup on my face, you have to tell me how Fenty is, but I'm, I'm a Dior girl. Like this. Oh, you know, that's, this Dude, is my other that favorite doesn't one. feel like anything. Okay. Oh yeah. That one. Um, yeah. I use the other one, the Dior, it's like air or something. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I know what you're oh talking Oh my God. Yeah. That like, I don't feel like I'm wearing anything. Like it goes on. I'm just like, yes, this is it. Yes. Um, and and that's all, that also smells Dior. European. Yeah. That Europe smell. <laughs> totally. If you're wondering what Europe smell is like, it smells like, it smells like a European pharmacy. It smells like sterile. It smells like betadine. Yeah, no, because it does, it's not perfumed and it's not chemically, but it, it just smells like clean, but the it entrance does. entrance to a hospital, that, the yeah. entrance to the maternity ward. That's what it <laughs> smells like without the, without the blood metal smell. Like it smells <laughs> sterile. Oh, that's vivid. Blood metal. <laughs> okay. So we have a question and we have a closure letter. Let's get the question. I want to just say really quick, thank you so much for those of you who send questions and closure letters. I absolutely love it. And you know, I love that you do the, cause you're right. Like closure letter. We were talking about this, I think before we started recording, but the closure letter is something that's really good for us to write, but it's, we shouldn't send it to them no, because no, you, no, no. you said that they're, they're not going to read it. Like, I feel like sometimes when men, even gay men, and I feel like in gay relationships, I'm usually more fe feminine energy and function more like women in heterosexual mm -hmm. relationships. And I've sent those letters to people and I bet they didn't even read them because they no. just see all the texts and they're like, I can't. 
Like they're just like, Girl, no, they're crazy. I mean, would you like if you got a message from someone that you broke up with that you ghosted? And I'm not saying you've ghosted, but see, I would you read what they have to say to you? Because I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not listening. I'm not reading. It depends. This. If like if I felt done with them, I wouldn't read it. But I'm, I just I don't know. I would read it just because also I want to would want to know what they said about me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all ego. I don't know. It would drive me rage. But um, I've been there. I've, I've done. I've listen. I've sent that long letter to someone once yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, Guess what? Did not make me feel any better because he never responded. <laughs> totally. You know? Um, all right. So here's the question. Been in a relationship for 10 months with ups and downs, mostly because he is hot. He is a hot and cold man. He ghosted out of the blue. And the second day I asked for an explanation. I hate when people use like parentheses for a second. I hate when people use like the wrong verbs to describe what describe happened the, the situation yeah yeah like ghosted is not the right verb here like if the next day you're asking for an explanation he and didn't ghost you did he respond you mean he resurrected like okay yeah he, um because then it's a so, haunting <laughs> so it moves on so she she keeps writing he said so there you go he responded yeah. he says he wants me to leave him alone for a while because he has family issues and he needs to think. Some days before he ghosted, he said he wants to move on with me in my city and have a family. Any ideas what is happening? Should I move on? It's been a week now. This person lives in Europe. She lives in Rome. She's 25. I don't think you should be with someone where there's ups and downs for 10 months. Yeah, no, I think that I, I've been talking about this a lot with um, some of my friends who are are in what I consider good, successful relationships where they seem yeah. happy. And, and actually in, in these relationships, there's work that's been done to make themselves happier. But what they all say is that in the first part of the relationships, the fights weren't about um, being together. It was about how to stay together. So it wasn't like there wasn't a fight like you're not seeing me enough or you're not responding to me enough or whatever. It was like, it was like, oh, well, when I'm with you, like, I feel like this and like, I, I want to feel like this. And it wasn't like fighting to see each other. I feel like if you're fighting to see someone or if you're fighting just to like keep them in your life or give you what you need to like feel like they're paying attention to you, that's not the way a relationship should be starting. I mean, what do you think? I don't think anytime someone tells you to leave them alone. Yeah. Not a good sign. <laughs> especially after 10 months of dating. Yeah. That's by the way, I know plenty of couples who've married that person. I don't think those people are in happy marriages. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have to say the words, leave me alone. And I'm not saying that that's what he said, but let's she, that's what she understood. And that's what she's writing to us. Right. The syntax is there. Right. It's to me, it's like, this person is not respectful of your emotions and your time and your energy that you've put into the relationship and a relationship is a two way street. Well, don't you think, because I, I feel like a lot of people will, when they're not interested in you anymore, they'll, they'll bring up things that they're going through and they'll, they'll be like my family or like myself yeah. or like, I feel like if you're really in love with someone and you're dating them and you can go through those things while you're dating them, I feel like you want to go through those things with them. And right. if you don't want to go through those things with them, then that's a clear sign that it should be a clear sign to them and to you that, okay, they don't want to go through life with me. Like they don't want to go through right. those ups and downs with me. And I should totally move on. Yes. And you know, this person's 25. That is such a rough age. I was still learning age. all this stuff when I was 25 too. Yeah, exactly. Like these yeah. are the exact, I, I remember being 25 and making these mistakes where it's like, oh, but he said in a year, things might be better. Or he said mm -hmm. this, or, you know, like I made those mistakes. That's why, you know, like I, I only just understood the meaning of youth is wasted on the young. 
what that phrase actually means because I'm in my late, I'm getting into my late thirties. Like, it's like, oh, the shit that I know now, I would have never given this person the time of day at 25. But if you don't go through this at 25, well, when are you going to go through it? You got to learn. Yeah, no. And I actually know someone who was in a, like, I guess it would have been a 14 year relationship. He started when he was 18 Oh. And then they broke up when he was, I guess, 32. Or I like that that's my reaction, by the way. Ugh. No, I, I know. But like now he's in his 30s and doing all these things that we're talking about for the first time. And he's right. so confused. And it's as his friend, it's like tricky because I'm like, you don't know this? You're like a man in your 30s, but he doesn't. So I, I agree. It's so much better to go through things in your 20s so that for the rest of your adult life, you sort of know what you can handle and what you can and what you're willing to deal with and what you're not willing to deal with. That's it. You know, you have to elevate your standards and you should have, you should expect the person you're dating to meet those standards and anything less, that is not your person. Yeah, totally. And what exactly what you said before, Matthew, like, you know, life will always have ups and downs. You have to find the person that's willing to be by your side on those. And also a person who wants you to be by their side. And if they don't want you to be by their side, that's not your life partner. They don't want to experience life with you. Totally. All right, let's head on to a closure letter. I sent you one. I'd rather you read it. I had a huge crush on a coworker for over a year. And even though we never dated, I think closure from a dynamic like we had is incredibly hard to achieve solo because I never had the chance to actually experience him as a date. That's something I hear about a lot. She never had a chance to experience him as a date slash potential boyfriend. I never experienced him leaving the seat up, leaving the seat up. Oh, leaving the seat up like the toilet seat. I never experienced him leaving the seat up or meeting his obnoxious friends. So even though I have other reasons to realize he's not so lovely, I'm hoping this letter will help me close the book on that experience for good. Please keep anonymous. We will. I promise. (laughs) Okay, so this is the closure letter. Dear Jay, which is just an initial, not a name. You were one of the first co-workers I felt at ease with. I was new to our organization two years ago. That soon turned to a work friendship that quickly felt flirtatious, and I caught feelings fast and hard. Looking back, I wish I'd had the courage to say something to you much sooner, but I can't change that now. That said, it takes two people to foster a flirtatious dynamic, and you could have turned it off much earlier, but you did not. Little inside jokes, winks, smiles, meandering chats, and one evening hangout outside the office, not a date, but still felt significant. It all gave me hope that we could eventually date. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. I don't even know what you're going to say here because I didn't read it. I blindly just sent it to you. But I can already tell that this person liked the girlfriend experience without the girlfriend. No, but I think that a lot of people are like that. They love the ego boost. Yeah. And I think that some people that I've talked to they don't even realize that maybe they don't want a boyfriend. Like right. maybe they don't want to actually do the stuff and they prefer being in the situation where they get to like want it. And like, but they, they don't, if they actually wanted it, they would go for someone who was available to them. And I only say that cause that was me. I kept going for unavailable people. And then I finally realized, wait, I don't actually want a relationship right now. I, I just, I just like, like the drama and the misery and the ego boost sometimes and all oh of that. Oh my God. That's, that's incredible. That's amazing. Okay. Continue. That's like amazing though. Wow. What a, wow. Okay. Instead, you played me hot and cold for over a year before casually referencing your girlfriend in a casual. Over a year? That's over a year? So long. That's so long. I don't know how this person didn't like do a full on confession before then, because that's like a long, a year is a long time. Okay. 
I'm really glad that at that point I had actively worked on distancing myself from you because it would have hurt even more otherwise. But I still have to say, your behavior towards me for the preceding years was manipulative, self-serving, and immature. I'm sure you get told all the time that you are such a nice guy, <laughs> but this wasn't nice at all. You're a cavalier with my feelings. It feels like you re-engage with me every time you want to feel funny and smart. Yep. Ego, yeah. ego, 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 ego. Yeah. This meant that I was constantly riding an emotional roller coaster where a fun interaction with you would thrill me and then a sudden drop off in communication would make me cry. Aww. Every time I felt like I was getting over my crush, there you'd be, back in my inbox, my DMs, almost like you knew. You felt like an old injury getting nearly healed before I'd reach too far or move too fast and feel that pain all over again. I feel like this guy also wanted like the girlfriend experience. He wanted his work girlfriend and someone to emotionally take care of him in the workplace. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 I have other thoughts about this too, but yeah, she's 33 just to give reference really quick. Oh, I see that now. Okay. Um, I don't think you're a bad guy, but I think you did a hurtful thing. I think you're a grown up nerd who can't believe that women are interested in him now. Oh, that's such oh, a well, DC for you. That's DC for you. Oh, oh, I see. She's from, okay. So this was fun and exciting for you, but that came at the cost of feeling manipulative and hurtful for me. So while I don't wish all the ills of the world on you, I do hope that someday someone does the same to you. I think that's only fair. And I won't be there to make you feel better about yourself when it happens. Damn. Well, first of all, anonymous, I hope this makes you, this, this finds you some closure um, this is pure ego on his part. And here's what I think has happened. I see this with married men too. Like I've been in a situation where I didn't know I was dating a married guy. He wasn't wearing a ring and it, I didn't cross my mind on a first date. Hey, we're on a first date. Would anyone be upset that we're on a first date right now? You know, like I didn't think to ask that at the age of 25. Yeah. But I think what happens is sometimes people are in a relationship and maybe they have a work wife or work husband or whatever. They have some interaction. That's like a regular interaction. Right. And for that moment in time, the responsibilities that await them at home, you know, the dad identity, the husband identity, the wife identity, the mom identity, the older sister identity, like all these things. Cause you know, you're an older sister. Sometimes you got to take care of your parents, whatever. Right. Like there's all these things that, you know, burden us in our real life that if someone sees us for the positive things that we wish we were, that wish we felt, it's easy to kind of get it to escape in that until our ego goes high enough to go back to our reality. Totally. And I think that is what's happened with anonymous. I think she met someone who is probably in a bad relationship. Yeah. Especially because, it's not yeah. like getting her like, cause if you're in a bad relationship, I feel like you have the time to give someone this much attention too. Right. Cause like, if you're in a good relationship, you're doing things together. You're, you're, you know, taking care of your family and stuff. But if you're like constantly escaping to message with someone and pay them all this attention, Matthew, like, if you're in a good relationship, you would not wait a fucking year to tell someone I have a girlfriend. Yeah, totally. You know, I feel like this might be the, this woman. I don't know if it's the same woman, but this woman messaged me last week saying about how, Oh no, no. It might be the other woman though. So this, oh my goodness. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. So this woman last week, oh shit. This woman last week, I don't know what city she was from. I know she listens to the podcast, but she messaged me saying, I've been dating a guy for a year and a half. And is it normal that he's never told his female coworker about me? He's invited her over for drinks. And was she there for the drinks? No. Whoa. She had COVID. So she's home. Oh which makes it so much worse, by the way. So I'm seeing other women while you're sick with COVID. That's but like also crazy. this other woman does not even know you exist after a year and a half of dating. But also, what's that conversation like where, 
like she's like so have you told your co-workers about me and he's like no I haven't right <laughs> yeah. for a year and a half. but I would be like okay well what's going on here what's where do you see this going at that point <laughs> I mean I remember I met my husband's co-workers like two months in he invited me to like the holiday party yeah which no, but- at Harvard at Harvard, he, he oh, went, he went to Harvard. Yeah, I'll drop what does that. He, do? so he, he didn't go to Harvard. Let's settle down. He just oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's very upset, by the way, by that because he's like University of Florida. He is such a Gator boy. Like, forget about it. <laughs> like offended if we talk about Harvard like that. But anyway, so he worked. No, he worked at Harvard School of Public Health for like oh. I think like eight or nine years, eight years, and um, a lot, whatever, a long time. But um, when we had started dating. Harvard School of Public Health does their Christmas party, their holiday party, whatever, in February. Awesome. I know. I know. I've been to a few. And it, it's always just like, it, it's like, like we should doing Valentine's Day. Why are we? Yeah, that's so weird. What is this? And it's like, it's like, you see like Christmas cookies. Yeah. And like people wearing Christmas hats. And my husband didn't have so a Christmas weird. hat. So our first, our official Facebook photo is of us wearing pirate hats at the Christmas party. Christmas party. <laughs> stupid because uh, that's what he had in his office he had a pirate hat I don't know I, I'm I'm married to such a dork I love him so much but anyway everyone learned who I was at that moment but even if they didn't um you know I called my husband at work well at the time my boyfriend at work um when he was having a crummy day I sent him like some soup from like a really good place in Cambridge or Boston or whatever um you know like I, I was a thoughtful girlfriend so people at work knew who I was I was not peeing on him in any figurative form or anything to like claim him yeah yeah, yeah. but like i was a thoughtful person dating someone how how come why is he hiding you yeah no and can you imagine working with someone for a year and being like oh what are you doing this weekend and they lie to you every single time like it's that's so weird i can't and that, that takes effort to like not bring it up that takes effort or imagine in the other way the girlfriend who's dating this guy who's dating anonymous's crush ex crush yeah she doesn't know that he has a friend that he goes to lunch with regularly chats with like I know who's friends with my husband at work yeah I don't check in on him my husband tells me oh you know I talk to you know I think he usually says like Nicole or Nacho like I'm now yeah. name dropping people who I know listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but like you know he'll he'll name drop them and like I'm aware of the people that he works with I mean god we're going on vacation uh with no, two I mean, people from there all the time to keep like to keep the life separate like I can't imagine being like lying to my boyfriend lying to my co-workers and like right. keeping, like it just that's takes a like, lot of not work a good person that. that is not a good person no totally and it's also it's exactly what you said it's like how did that conversation go like the fact that it even has to be a conversation that just tells me like I'm in both in both scenarios right and the woman who's like his coworkers don't know about me. And then anonymous is who's like, his girlfriend does not know about me, whatever. And both, like, you don't have to have a conversation. It's like, if you're dating someone, there's a natural organic interactions where you talk about your coworkers yeah. and you talk about who you're dating to your coworkers. So this person is basically cutting them off from like connecting with people also. Right. Like, which is so, which is very, I mean, I, I, people are like that. I know, but like, I think what we're saying is you don't want to like this person anyway. This person sounds exactly. like it sounds like they're not someone who connects with people and they don't respect people's feelings. Obviously they they're just all about themselves and, and how they get the most, the most from the people around them without giving anything. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. to me. No, it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. So Matthew, while you are my new favorite gay best friend, 
um, and also every single listener's new gay best friend. Um, <laughs> I know you're not, that's not your official work title. You're actually a voice coach. Yeah. So I'm, what I did before the pandemic is I was a full-time opera singer. I was living in Germany for two years, um, singing with a theater there. And prior to that, I was on, at the Metropolitan Opera for four seasons. And I've been working professionally as a singer since I was 20. Um, so that, that's what, but when I was around like 25, 26, I started teaching because when you're a performer, there are ups and downs. Sometimes, some years you have like work back to back and you're making lots of money and it's awesome. And then some years you'll have like one or two jobs and you're like, Oh, what am I going to do? Um, so I'm bad at saving money because what you're supposed to do on those good years is save your money. So I was like, Oh, well I need to create another um, way for, for me to make income. And I was already kind of teaching anyway. Um, and I started teaching my friends and then my friends told other people. And now I have a big voice studio and that that's, it, I've been really lucky during the pandemic because I was already teaching online. It's something that I was doing doing while I was living in Germany to stay connected to my students in America. So it was like a very easy transition. And then I just started promoting my online teaching more. And now I have students like all over the country, you know, so it's, it's, I've been and they can so do it fun. digitally. Yes. Yeah. They can, and do it can they be beginners? Like if someone was interested in getting into singing, can they work with you? I will teach anyone. I have a student who's five years old. I have students who are in their sixties and seventies. Um, and I actually love teaching people who are beginners because it's it's all new and exciting for them. Things that I just like say all the time, like to people who know, they're like, what, really? Like, that's how oh. it works. It's like, it's very cool. So, you yeah, know, I teach people of all levels, all different styles. I, I like all styles of music. So I'm not, a, I'm not like I only teach other opera singers. I teach right. I have students that have been on Broadway. One of my students was Glinda on Broadway. I have other students who've been in the, the chorus on Broadway. I have students that have sung in opera houses all over the world. And I also have students who can barely read music. So it's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't limit who I teach uh, at all, you know? So if any listener is interested in either developing their voice box or just learning what your voice box limits are, check out Matthew Anshul. I'll have the link uh, to his social media in the bio. Do you have a website or anything else? I can't yeah, It's just matthewanshell.com. And if you want to go directly to information about voice lessons, it's matthewanshell.com slash lessons. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put that, I'll put that link in the episode notes as well. Everyone go follow Matthew. I love his content. It's so, so, so good. Matthew, it was a pleasure having you so on Ask fun. This is so fun. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Of course, of course. And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker each week. I am so grateful for your questions. I love giving you answers. Keep doing that. If you would like to have a question or a closure or a rant read on an upcoming episode, go to askamatchmaker.com and submit it. It usually only takes a minute if you're asking a question, but if you want to write those closure letters, take your time. We'll read them. We'll get there. And I hope I can provide that closure that you're looking for. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to listen to more episodes, follow Ask a Matchmaker podcast and you'll get uh, episode drops each week into your podcast listening app. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.